Right. Uh, I'm Chelsea, obviously. <laughs> this is my testimony uh, from my trip to the DR. Uh, so as summer missions applications rolled out this year, I find myself in a very, very different season of life than just a year prior. I was in the thick of my second semester of college in a completely different city, school, and community away from the familiarity of home. As I contemplated whether or not I should go on missions, I, find my, I found myself with a completely free summer, but even still, I found myself not wanting to go because I would be in Gainesville for some portion of training leading up to the trip. But after talking to DL and reflecting on the past four years going to the DR, uh, he convicted me to use my free summer, something I might not ever get again to go, and so as the due date rolled around, a missions application with my name on it was filled out and turned in. This is my fifth trip to the Dominican Republic, so even though I'm well acquainted with the DR, the missions training process and the joys and the challenges of going on this trip in particular, this year was distinctly different for a few reasons. First, this team of nine people was the smallest it's been in recent years, with the past few teams having 15 to 21 people. Secondly, my role was different. This year, I'd be helping lead the team with our youth pastor, Daniel Kwok. Thirdly, for a lot of the training period, I was in and out of Orlando, participating in a few sessions remotely until I was back home for summer break. In the weeks leading up to the trip, it seemed like many were concerned about who wasn't going on the trip or the small size of our team. But the intimate size of our team actually made me more excited than worried. This was affirmed as I read through Judges 6 and 7, the story of Gideon, a hot-tempered, apprehensive, and doubtful man. Um, sorry, essentially through Judges 6 and 7, God calls, chooses, and raises up Gideon, a hot-tempered, apprehensive, and doubtful man to lead Israel in winning freedom from the oppressive rule of the Midianite civilization. Gideon initially assembles a huge army of 32,000 men, but God intentionally refines his army down to just 300 men, that Israel would know it was only by the power and might of the Lord that they see redemption. And in the end, God is glorified as he works through that army to bring redemption for Israel. As I read through those two chapters, I felt like our team and myself personally could relate to Gideon's small army of soldiers in more ways than one. As comments and opinions were piled onto our team, personally I felt the enemy creep lies into my mind that I was inadequate or unequipped to lead this team because I was too young or because I lacked an ability but as I read through Gideon, I felt each lie, fear, and anxiety melt away before the truth that his grace is sufficient for me. For his power is made perfect in weakness, and because of that, I can and I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. As we went, maybe feeling inadequate and small, I praise God because that weakness allowed us to see that every good work done through our team was solely by the power of Christ resting upon us. And I can confidently say that he used the simple faithfulness of nine people to do a mighty work in and through this team. Uh, I praise him not only for his grace, for extending the privilege of going and serving to nine broken sinners, but also for the ways in which I was humbled, gently rebuked, and saw and tasted the love of God in the Dominican Republic. Having worked with the same local church there, the past four years, I've had the opportunity to develop deep relationships with brothers and sisters in that church. This year in particular, I felt so challenged and loved through the simplest of acts and conversations through those relationships I built with Dominicans who have faithfully served their church and surrounding community. One of these Dominicans is named Anita. Anita is an elderly woman who, with a few other women, spends all day, every day, cooking in the church's kitchen to feed our team and the Dominicans there. 
However, her specialty is brewing a great cup of Dominican coffee. One of our first mornings, me and Daniel were lingering in the dining area after breakfast as, as we finished our cups of coffee that Anita had brewed for the table. She came over to collect our cups, and we told her how much we love the coffee, how we love how strong it is. From that point on, uh, for the rest of the trip, every single meal, Anita brought out the normal coffee she brewed for the table, and then would later come out with two separate coffee cups, one for me and one for Daniel, made especially strong for each of us. One morning, our team's quiet time was Philippians 2, verse 1 to 11, titled, Imitating the Humility of Christ. Verses 3 to 7 stuck out to me, which say, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of, of others and your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. As we discussed what it meant to truly imitate the humility of Christ, Anita quietly walked over to give me and Daniel our extra strong, specially made cups of coffee. I was floored. It was crazy to not only read the word and be convicted of how to respond, but seeing a tangible, living, breathing person just walk in during our quiet time and incarnate the very humility we were discussing, discussing was so challenging, so humbling. Throughout the trip, I felt such an overwhelming yet inexplicable love through her smile and cups of coffee each meal. Although we had only exchanged maybe 20 words due to my poor Spanish, by the end of the trip, we were both left in tears as we exchanged goodbyes. In a strange and crazy way, God used her simple and faithful cups of coffee to remind me of his faithful love to me and used her humility to reveal more deeply what it means that he is the humble king and knit our hearts together in a way that only the gospel can do. Another one of these Dominicans was a 19-year-old Dominican girl named Yamity. I had met her in years before, but this year I got to really build on that foundation of relationship. It had been a long, hot day full of walking, sweating, and a ton of screaming, running, fighting Dominican children. Uh, but I got a few moments to catch up with her after our second big VBS session that had about 600 to 800 kids in attendance. Before having this conversation, the head pastor there had shared with Daniel that in a standardized nationwide test, Yamadi scored in the top 10 in her class of students in the whole nation. Um, as studious as she is, every year I've returned to DR, she's been faithfully serving and investing in the generation behind her, that they might know the love of God. Personally, I was able to identify with her as I feel the pressure to do well in school and how that competes with being faithful to the Lord. As I talked with her, I asked her why she wasn't at church the day before, and she told me she's in an intensive program to learn English on top of her normal university classes that will resume later in the summer. She told me as she sat in class knowing she was missing VBS, her heart broke as she thought about the kids in her group and how they wouldn't be able to go to VBS since she wasn't there to lead their group. So she prayed and prayed that somehow, some way, God would make a way for her to get days off of class, not to do nothing at home or hang out with her friends, but to be at VBS, to spend her only days off of class walking in the heat of DR and sweat all day taking care of kids in a hot sanctuary with a ton of children running around and yelling. I was so challenged as I thought about how tired and drained I normally am during the school semester. That would probably be the very last thing on my list I would desire to do if I got a few spontaneous days off of class. And yet for Yamadi, it's the very longing of her heart to do so. 
Why? Because she treasures Jesus. She treasures the gospel so deeply in her heart that the longing of her heart is to share it with the generation coming behind her. As we talked, it was probably a pretty normal conversation, but I had to hold back tears as I prayed in my heart of hearts, Lord, help me to treasure you so deeply, so purely as much, if not more, than the sister before me, that my life at home would be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. It was a gentle rebuke from the Lord to set my heart on things above, knowing Jesus above all and making him known amongst the people he allows into my life, more than my academic success, status, the American dream, or getting into medical school, or securing a comfortable future for myself, or even desiring success in ministry, more than absolutely everything in this life, that I would treasure and love Jesus above all things, because indeed he is worthy. Thank you, Harvest, for sending and supporting us faithfully, whoever that may have looked like for you, for interceding and fighting for this team, supporting us financially, for every word of encouragement and every way you met one of our tangible needs that uh, we, tangible needs that equipped us to go faithfully. God is so good indeed. Would you pray that me, our team, and as our church hears about this trip, that it would move us to fruitful conviction and a deeper trusting of Jesus. To God be the glory.